and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I just kind of want to piggyback off last week when we were talking about being a, a life-giving church and how we need to be that, that life in our community, in our world. And, uh, you know, like we're, this is kind of like the last week of our, our series on um, legacy. That's what it was called. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, but for me, I, I, I am like, we can talk about finances, we can talk about all that kind of stuff and it's great, but I think what's more important is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, we want to see a community touched by Christ. We want to see a community transformed. We want to see where there is no life become alive. And, and I feel like God's been showing, showing us things, you know, through what we've been doing and, and the changes that have happened in some of the areas that we've been engaged in and that there's life coming into spaces. And I, I was, you know, I was just, we were in prayer. I think Josh might have mentioned this in, when we are praying around this, this passage and I just felt like we're in this valley. And there's the valley, it's the valley of dry bones that the Bible talks about. We'll read in a second. And it's like this valley needs life to come, right? And I feel like we're in this space that needs life. And, and, and this community needs life. It's been, it's been dormant. It's been disengaged. It's been disconnected. It's been, you know, it's left itself out and not engage with the Spirit of God. And I just feel like that God wants to bring this fresh move to the community around us. And that's why we've been praying and believing that God wants to do just that. But I am very aware of the um, necessity of our role to play. That it won't just happen by itself. God will use people to bring life to a, to a space or to something. And and, and I believe that God, we are those people. We are the Ezekiels out of this passage. And, and, and God is trying to show us something, just like he was showing Ezekiel something. So why don't we just read some scripture? And uh, if Lou was really good, she's brought it up, hasn't she? Oh, she's such a good screen girl. <laughs> so let's read verse one. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I feel like that's a question God has posed for us. You know, there's been so many different things said about the mountains over the years, about how hard it is to reach the mountains, that there's demonic stuff going on and there's witches and there's this and there's that. And the further you go up, the more you get. And, and, and you know, look, there's probably some truth to all that. I'm not saying it's a lie, but the one thing I know is greater is he who's in us than he who's in this world. That we carry a power with inside of us that we don't have to look at those things and worry and go, oh, well, we can't do it. We can't do it. Like, I don't even understand. I was, someone said to me a while back, oh, you know, it's really hard to start a church up in Lawson. And I said, oh, really? Go, yeah, many, many churches have started and failed. And for me, I, don't, I can't comprehend it. 
Because I'm like, why did it fail? Maybe the perception of what a church should be is the problem, I don't know. But I mean, whatever God starts carries the power to continue. And so I don't know, I don't understand why it failed. But I just, in my head, I go, I don't get that. And I think God is saying to us, like, can this community come alive? Can it come alive? Can the community around where we live, in our homes, can we reach our neighbours? Can they get saved? Is it possible to see the Spirit of God move in places we're not seeing the Spirit of God move? And this question was posed to Ezekiel, can these bones live? But what he had before him was the opposite to the answer that needed to be given, right? He had dry, dead bones before him. There was in a valley, of, it was dark, it would have been dark, but these bones had been there a long time. It was a place that had lost the presence and the power and the atmosphere of heaven. There was nothing left there, no life whatsoever. And so Ezekiel goes on to say, then he said to me, uh, he says, oh, I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. He really answered the question. It kind of like, here, let me put it back on your side of the net, God. And just knock it back over the net and let it, God, it's your problem. And, and, and God didn't stop there, right? He, he goes, okay, well, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation here. Because we, Ezekiel needed to realise that what God wanted to do was going to happen through him. It wasn't going to happen absent of him. That, that, that God was not going to do it all by himself. He actually wanted to use Ezekiel to do what he had planned to do. And, and I feel like that's what God is like here. He, he, he's like, God, God could come in and shift everything and change everything. But for whatever reason, I don't understand. He wants to use us. And, and he wants to have a conversation with us to, for us to understand that, that what's going to happen and what's about to happen is going to happen through us, not absent from us that we are going to play a role in this thing that God wants to do. You alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will, be, you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. He goes on to say, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a, a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and tendons and flesh appeared and, on them and skin covered them, and, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I, I, I love the idea here is, is, is these, these bones came together and they formed. And we find out that, you know, the bones represent Israel. That's what we find out later in the passage. And so there was this, this vast army, the Bible says, was formed, but it had no life. And I thought, man, do, don't ever let me be like that. Don't ever let me have the form of godliness but have no power or have no breath or have no life within me 
We don't ever want to become to a point where there's no life in what we do. That We just have a form of godliness, but we deny the power of God in our lives. Timothy says in 2 Timothy 5, he says, he says that you know, they had a form of godliness, but rejected or denied the power of God in their life. And he was warning us that, that we would be in perilous times in that passage and, and that you know there will be you know scoffers and lovers of themselves and all these different things and that they would have a form of godliness but yet reject his power. And he's saying don't be like that. Don't don't look the part but don't have the substance of what God wants to give us. I don't want to be a church like that. I don't want to be a church that has the form of a church, but no power. I want to be a church that enters into a space of lifelessness and because we're there, life comes. And it's not because of anything that we are, but it's because who is in us. Christ lives within us. And it's that very connection that transforms community. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slains that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up to their feet, a vast army. Now this would have been impressive to see this take place. Imagine watching this before your eyes, going, holy moly, what something was dry, dead and useless has now become not just alive, but ready for battle. It's a vast army. It's like so many people. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. See, they're the words in a different form that I hear about the mountains. The mountains are too hard to reach. There's demonic stuff going on. There's witches in the mountains. There's this in the mountains. There's this word of people because where I'm hearing it is from people that should know better. And I hear it and I go but we have Christ. So all that stuff can be there. We can be in perilous times and we are in perilous times on the earth. There are scoffers and, you know, all sorts of different things going on, but we have Christ and we have his Holy Spirit. We have his power. We have his authority. The church yet still stands firm in the face of opposition, but we cannot compromise. We cannot compromise. We have to remain true to his word. We have to be speakers of that truth. We have to live to that truth. When, when rainbow flags are flown in front of us, we have to love the people, but stand firm on the word, on what God says. Our hope is gone. Our bones are dry. Our hope is gone. We have been cut off. They'd given up. 
It was all too hard for them. We can't reach the community. We can't, we can't make the changes that we believe should happen. We, we don't have any power. We don't have any authority. These, these guys had nothing. But imagine a church that stood up and had life in it. Imagine a church that when they walked into an atmosphere or into an, a, a place, it shifted and changed. Have you ever been in a room when someone of importance and authority walks in the room? Like it can be a room, right? And say, for instance, King Charles walks in, right? Everybody notices. She's laughing. But the reality is when the king walks in the room, everybody notices, right? Everyone, something's changed. There's a different atmosphere. Somebody of authority's walked in. Somebody of stature. Somebody who has power, somebody who has strength. When they walk in the room, things change. I believe that's what should happen when we walk in the rooms. When we walk into neighbourhoods and suburbs and areas, something happens and things change. And that should be how it is. When we walk into a room where there's hopelessness, we bring hope into the environment. Right? When we walk into a room where there's frustration, we bring breakthrough, we bring God's power. We go, no, it's okay. We're going to get through this. Where there's desperation, we go, well, you, don't need to be, you don't need to fear, for I'm with you, says the Lord. So we carry God's authority, His power, His assurance into situations, into areas. That's how we can run our businesses. We come into a conversation with someone about business and we, we just go, it's all good. God's got this. He gives us wisdom and direction. Discernment to see bad deals. Therefore prophesy and say this. My people... I'm going to open up their graves. This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open up the graves and bring, up, bring you up from them and I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open up your graves and bring you back, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in, the, in your own land. I'll put my spirit in you and you will live. See, if we're going to be a life-giving church, we have to be life-giving believers. We have to have a, a real, authentic relationship with Christ. I love in, in the story of the Samaritan woman, when Jesus is having this conversation with her, and, you know, she's a reject in society. People don't want nothing to do with her. She's, a, you know, she's had multiple men and there's all this kind of stuff going on. And, and, and then Jesus encounters her at the well and he says, you know, basically says, are you going to give me a drink? And, and the conversation goes on, but he, he ends up saying these words to her in verse 13. He says, Jesus answered her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. What's he saying? Everyone that drinks this physical water in, in this well, the, the, the water of this world, everyone that takes of sustenance of the world will not be sustained. 
no matter what it is, whether it's the financial world, if you find sustenance from the, f- the money you're able to make in the world or, or, or from what you can do or what you can control or what we can manipulate or what we can do in this world, if we think that is going to bring us longevity, if it's going to bring us a sustenance, it's limited in its power to sustain us. He says, you will be thirsty again. But, I love the but of God. Whoever drinks this water, I give them, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus says, what I have to give you is never ending. It lasts forever. You will be sustained to the day you die if you partake of me, if you drink the water that I have. He says, you will be a spring. He knows what a spring is. Spring, a spring of water bubbling up, right? Springs are self-feeding. They, they bubble up from within, right? And they do not end. Springs bubble up and continue. They, they've got an endless source of water, And he's saying, you will be somebody that has an endless source of life in you. Wherever you go, you will be a spring in that space. You will be an endless source of heaven to the community around you. You will be an endless source bubbling up everywhere you go. No matter where it is, you will be a spring for heaven. If you will partake and drink of me. Isn't that amazing? That there is a, that we 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 are to be springs bubbling up in areas. When a spring gets in a space, it bubbles up and the water flows, and it feeds everything around it. Everything comes to life. Every single thing comes to life. So in Ezekiel, when when he's you know the, the the river flowing from the throne of God, and it flows and and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And to the point where he, he can only swing and swing, swim. <laughs> and, uh, and it goes on to say that there are trees along the river's bed, along the, 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 the banks of the river, and they're flourishing. And the leaves of a healing of the nation, that, that there's this idea of this life that comes from our relationship with Jesus. That when we engage him and we engage his spirit, it's like water that flows where you don't thirst. Who's ever been really thirsty? Yeah. I've, I've had times when you, if you're out in the heat, you know, I don't know, like mowing the lawns and things like that, or, or you're out and you're doing like a long walk, Kylie, you would, you would do long walks, right? And, and if you don't, if you forget to drink, because sometimes you forget to drink, right? It's, it's like, it's like you're just so busy with what you're doing or so into what you're doing, you forget to drink and eat. And so you go all day. Oh, guys playing computer games can do this, right? Hey, see, like, just... <laughs> he doesn't play that many computer games. It's Jack here. Yeah, it's Jack that does. But you can forget to eat and drink. You can become dehydrated. And I think there are a lot of dehydrated believers around because they've forgotten to drink. They've forgotten to come to the well. They've forgotten to come and drink and of this spring that, that brings life. And so I believe God wants us to drink from him. 
And it's going to look a little different for everybody because God will interact with us all differently. But the reality is we need to be coming to him in, our, in, in the ways we can to receive from him this life. Because if we're going to reach the community around us, we've got to be that life force. We've got to be those springs. When we eventually get access to school and do something with the children in that school, it's not going to be the pancakes that we cook if we can get in there for that that's going to make a change. It's going to be the life that comes with that, right? If we do a Friday night thing once a month here in spring, we start something up in the community, it's not going to be the free food and, and all the activity and fun activity that we do with the kids. And it's not going to be any of that. It's not going to do anything. It's going to be the life that's within us. It's going to make the change. Wherever we go, we are a source of life for heaven to spread around. I believe this community will be radically transformed. Not just because we're here, there's other churches here as well. But as we focus on what God is calling us to do, I believe what he's calling us and who he's calling us to will be radically transformed and will look different. I believe without doubt that we will see people come and walk to church. Why? Because they come to the source of life. They won't come because of the building or, or you yeah, know, because that would have already happened if that was going to happen. They'll come because there's a spring that is bubbling up in the community, that it's bringing life. Everything we touch comes to life and touch, when we touch people, they will, they will, they'll experience life. And it's that very life that is going to build the church. It's that very life as we come to Christ and we, we dwell with Him and we spend time with Him and we love with Him and we, we listen to His Word and, and we worship Him and, and we engage Him and what happens is life comes in and we, we, we become living, walking, life, heart beating. I don't even know what I'm describing right now, but, but, but we become that water and that's what the community needs. So why, do we, why are we giving to legacy? Purely to resource something that creates an avenue for life to be delivered. It is very resource focused. Why? Because, because as, we, as we give, we are resourcing something that is empowering us to gather people, to provide for needs for people. Why does God tell us to go to the poor? Why does he tell us to provide these these things for their needs? Simply, when you provide a need, you open a connection of relationship so that life can come in. You unlock something in someone's world. The, the, The meeting of a need is really not the important part. It's the entry point. It's the doorway that gets opened because of that generosity that that allows this life to enter in. Can I have the musicians come? We're going to Why do you come to church? Because you can receive life. Maybe there are areas in our life that are dead right now, that that are like a valley of dry bones. Maybe there's a relationship in our world that, that has just gone dormant, dry, difficult, tedious. You can't seem to get headway. You can't seem to find some point of common ground with this person And maybe it's not because you're right or wrong or you're doing anything wrong other than 
Maybe that just needs to be brought into this relationship with Jesus and we allow the spring the well up in that situation. We let the life of God flow in that situation. It's about removing the blockages. Some of it might be, well, there needs to be repentance or forgiveness because there's a wall there until repentance or forgiveness comes. Or get past that dam, it keeps hitting that wall because I won't forgive, I won't let it go, I won't, or I won't repent. I believe our biggest job is to remove those blockages, to not be an offence in our community. Go out and be somebody that is life-giving and be a life-giving church. I truly believe that's what God wants us to be. If we had a vision for our church, that would be the vision I see. A church full of life. When we touch something, life comes to it. When we go into an atmosphere, we deposit something that stays behind. People feel different when they're in your company. They may not be able to tell what it is, but they'll come to it because they go, this feels different. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.